0: Have you ever wondered how many young people are working in Australian agriculture? According to the 2016 Australian Census, people under the age of 35 account for 24%, nearly a quarter of Australia's agricultural workforce, with a third of them working in livestock and grain farming. You're listening to The Yarn, a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Ellie Bigwood. So, young people may account for just 24% of the workforce, but they are 100% of the future. So, what is the wool industry doing to educate the next generation? This episode, we hear from two education initiatives that recently took place. Chris Bowman, a long-time Riverina sheep classer and instigator of Hay Inc., caught up with AWI's Nigel Goss at Wyvern Station in Carithool, New South Wales, to discuss the Hay Inc. training initiative and why the program started.
1: Well, it started, uh, yeah, 60 years ago. so by the end of this course we'll have uh, trained 90-odd young trainees, which is fantastic. It started, uh, obviously, about seven years ago and um, there was a chap called Sandy Simons who was keen to get something going like this. He sent a letter out. I was also very keen to uh, help with this initiative because I'd finished up at Wardry Marino Stud. I'd been there 18 years and the demise of the jackarooing, and industry say from 1989 when i came back to the riverina there were um 70 jackaroos i worked out that were working in the riverina and when i left or just shortly after i left the river uh of uh, course but um and went out sheep classing i worked out that there was actually only five jackaroos being trained three of them at wyvern where we are at the moment and um, two at Bunnock under that old system and the sad part about it is, was that's where all the the great, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of the very good managers came up through that system. They knew how it worked and they knew how to keep training young people. Uh, Another bloke called Dick Cannon uh, who was running the Hazeldean Ram Depot at Rose Vale at Hay and Sandra Ierson, she was um, She was uh, north of Hay at Booligal and was very keen at that stage. She was keen to get young people out from Sydney to bridge the gap and uh, help the communication gap between city and rural Australia. So we all sat down and developed a plan on how we'd instigate these training days and what courses would be available. AWI were fantastic coming on board, providing sponsorship for us. PA Fields, another great sponsor. We're obviously here with these magnificent yards and great accommodation. So we spend uh, two days here working with livestock. And uh, the idea was that this would give young people a start and we've also got three or four four or five properties in the district that uh, that the young people are able to go and get a job with, which is really fantastic because they can get permanent employment. That brings more people back into the Hay community for sport and for, you know, just... There's a good logo that Will Roberts started in Queensland is that Merino's build communities. And you can, if you can imagine, you have a, a seven teams of shearers in the, those Queensland towns originally. Now there's very few. So we're great supporters of Merino production. You know, Merino's, as we know, uh, built, built Australia. and uh, But especially it was all volunteer, and we're just very, very keen to help young people get, um, get established and have a mentor, like try and build networks and mentors that they can look up to and give them a start because we we all need that
2: yeah it's a great initiative chris and i mean we we spoke to them yesterday there's 15 from four different states you talked about that merino builds communities and i suppose you've got a a bit of camaraderie
1: here too not only the skills yeah definitely i mean they're going to build up Uh, we had an, an alumni dinner last year in hay and i think 55 people out of the I think it was 65 or whatever uh, had been trained, turned up for the dinner. So that just goes to show the respect, I suppose, that the young people have for giving them a bit of a start and um, for the trainers and the, the whole uh, process, yeah. It seems that enthusiasm
2: that comes through, they can see uh, the way wool's going and, and what it offers these days. It's, it's an old industry. But it keeps coming up with these new initiatives whether that's in sportswear or whether that's reinstating if you like the jackaroo jillaroo training through things like hay ink so we know it we believe in it but it seems that um you know the young group
1: we've got here really believe that there's a great future and we'll Yep, look, it's all looking really, really good. it has been uh, probably more uh, the fact that the meat market, you know, lamb got up to $10 last year and mutton, you know, well over eight. And, you know, the dual-purpose type merino, probably more so these days. The kids can see a future. There's money in the industry and, a, and, a, and AWI have done a fantastic job breaking into new markets and, as you said, with the sportswear and next to skinwear and all that type of thing. You know i think there's going to be a big shortage of practical young people you know that obviously are going to get tertiary training as well but um just to have those hands-on skills and it's quite unique in the sense that all the trainers had a lot of hands-on experience i worked for a sheep class or work with a sheep class called tom lilburn and he had a saying, give me five minutes and I'll save you a lifetime. I think he probably picked that up from Nielsen Mills. But anyway, it doesn't matter what industry you're in in life, but if you can work with people that can give you the skill sets that are going to take you forward reasonably quickly, it's a, it's a great advantage. And you know, young, all young people need uh, start, mentors, encouragement. As you were saying yesterday, Nigel, to be able to future-proof, whether it's wool or you know, we're, we've got good people coming on in the industry to um, keep taking agriculture forward it's a great thing.
2: Yeah, Chris, it really is. And look, the work you and others are doing with Hay Inc. is is a credit to you. I suppose at the moment there's about 15, but that was oversubscribed. So they're obviously lining up to get in, which is a great thing to
1: have that momentum going. That's great. And we've got, uh, obviously, we've got probably two-thirds women and one-third men. And I think that's happening also up in the Northern Territory and northern parts of Australia. So we've got a lot of great young people that are really, really keen. And it's great to see the, the diversity in the mix.
2: Great, right, Chris. Thanks for your time and, yep. and for imparting your knowledge with uh, these up-and-coming managers. Yep. Cheers. My pleasure. Thank right you.
0: A second program and a national program for young people in the sheep and wool industry, which you may have heard of, is the Peter Westblade Scholarship. The scholarship honours the late Peter Westblade, an innovative and successful stud pole merino breeder, a sheep classer and, to so many people, a mentor. The Peter Westblade Scholarship Committee, made up of skilled industry volunteers, dedicates their time to providing mentorship, practical skills, networks and opportunities to young people within Sheep and Wool. Craig Wilson from Craig Wilson & Associates is the Vice-Chairman of the scholarship and joins us on the yarn from the recent Peter Westblade Scholarship Wyvern Training Weekend.
3: Yeah, we're here at Wyvern Station, which is one of the properties owned by TA Field Estates, wonderful supporter of the Peter Westblade Scholarship having this weekend based around young people and educating them on some of the practical skills, largely with or revolving around sheep and wool.
0: It's been quite a good turnout. We've had about 30 participants from Tasmania through to New South Wales and Victoria. For what practical education are we educating the participants on what are we teaching them
3: yeah we've even got someone here from the Falkland Islands which is some sort of record it's those skills that are not easily I guess written down some of the skills around stockmanship and some of the skills around sheep classing and other things that have that are largely learned in the yards and you know just little things that we can hand on or show people that they kind of don't need to make those mistakes they can just learn and and go from there so yeah it's all around I guess, making good decisions, you know, education, communication, building networks. And, you know, what's, what's really important, I think, is this cohort of people that they continue those networking opportunities and, and spread the word, really.
0: And on top of that as well, there was a section on agri-technology, what's yep. coming through the ranks and what's available to yep. help producers yeah. with their breeding objectives, and, as well as like a wool marketing session. Yeah. So yourself and Josh, part of the PWS committee, yes. um, you've been taking care of the sheep selection sheep selection workshop. What does that entail?
3: Well, really it's helping these guys understand the, the importance of a, a balanced breeding program. It's the incorporation of numbers and breeding values, but it's also those skills which are subjective, mm. which have always been really important, um, and they're going to continue to be important into time as we merge technology with, I guess, old-type, learnt skill so yeah I think the balance of those two things are really important for people to understand and I think I think I would say Ellie just there's so much excitement in the industry there's just the reality is I feel that the people will make more money in the next five years in sheep and wool than they've ever made I really feel passionate that there's this emerging massive opportunity and like we've been through drought and bushfires and other things and it's Which have all impacted on us both mentally and economically, but once we come out of that and it starts to rain and we get some green grass, it's just going to be really exciting.
0: And I guess that's why you're here because you're excited. You want to continue to pass that passion on to like young people. The Wyvern Training Weekend is this an initiative that will continue down the track? Hope to see more of it.
3: Yeah, this is our second year, and I mean, fundamentally, it'd be a great thing to do across the country. You know, if we could run one of these in Tasian. Western Australia, South Australia, Queensland it's just such a positive thing and it's a weekend where you know people can come together, have a bit of fun talk about all the stuff that they do at home and there's plenty of people in the industry across the country that are prepared to give up their time and help young people because you know, it's, it's, I feel like I'll have failed if I haven't um, been able to hand on the stuff that
0: mm-hmm. some
3: people have taught me so I think that's really important
0: how can we facilitate these across Australia? How can we all get involved and make them happen?
3: Yeah, it's got to be driven by... I mean, you need champions in areas that'll do things and there's no doubt it all takes a bit of time and effort, but it's that time and effort's certainly worthwhile. It's really... It's kind of pleasing when you, when you can talk about something you're passionate about and have people listen to you. I guess it's a function of, of getting organised. Like, the beauty of this weekend is no-one's selling anything. So yeah. we're all here for the right reason and, you know, there's no hard sell. It's just a bunch of people that really want to pass on their knowledge and expertise to an eager generation of young people that, you know, the future's just so so exciting for them, really. So it's kind of a win-win-win, you know. No-one loses out of this. And, you know, it's kind of great for TA Field to support it. You know, they've been wonderful supporters of young people in the industry and we desperately need good young people in the industry and the larger companies understand that. They need people to run their properties. It's it's really important.
0: What would you like to see more of from young people in the industry in the future?
3: Oh, look, I think it's just that balanced approach to acknowledging the past, but also understanding the technology that's coming to us. So mm-hmm. it's important not to dispel everything that's come before us, but I keep talking about opportunity and excitement and all of the stuff that's here and the wonderful... Now the reality is, as most of Australia can't be cropped, we need to run animals on it, and we need to run really profitable animals on it and make it work. And all the stuff that I do and looking at the gross margins, looking at the profit, and if you combine really good quality genetics with really good management, you will make significant money. And that's, you know, that's kind of important long term. So you've
0: been working on some weather trials. Can you tell us a little bit about what's involved in that?
3: Yeah, sure. Our company's been running trials f- since 2004. So we've been doing it a long time and just being able to pass on that genetic information to people is really important in their business. So for people to understand where, that, where the profitability lies and the capacity for them to improve that through better genetics leading to higher value wool or higher value meat, just the opportunity that's there for them. When we bring it all down to net profit per per DSC or per hectare and you look at what impact that has on a business, it can have a massive impact on a business. And it's just so important that that people understand those things and they get them right, really. Because going into the future, it's vital for their enterprise and their business. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and it's really important, especially for new producers coming through the ranks, to know straight off the cuff that they can really improve their gross margins per hectare
3: yeah absolutely and the reality is land prices are only getting higher so the cost price squeeze is going to continue to be there but the commodity prices the way they are we've just got to get the production right and when it rains and we grow some grass you know those things will fall into place and it hasn't been the income side that's hurt us the last two years it's been the expenses Mm -hmm. So when we drop that expenses column back out because we can grow some grass reasonably cheaply it's going to look extremely good for people but those people have also got got to justify that on the price they're paying for the land so you need to have those numbers there to take to the banks to justify Mm -hmm. the land purchase.
0: Craig Wilson there at the Wyvern Training Weekend with some sound advice for all producers new and old. Following the training weekend, the Peter Westblade Memorial Merino Challenge Weather Shearing Trials were recently held at Coringle Stud near Wagga Wagga, where I caught up with two more important members of the PWS committee, the Executive Officer, Georgie McGuinness, and Chairman, Ben Patrick.
4: The program really is quite unique because we develop it around the, the actual recipient and, and their future careers and what they want to um, achieve out of our industry. So I think that makes us quite unique in terms of our ability to to cater for a number of different areas within the industry.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about the applicants for this year. How was the calibre of intake this year, Georgie? It was really high, actually. That's the only difficult part of the job, is
5: selecting who will actually get the scholarship. We had applicants this year from New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland and Tasmania. So it's nationwide and really high caliber. All fantastic.
0: Specific to people in sheep and wool. Yes,
5: specifically all sheep and wool people interested, and their interests all vary from genetics to the meat side of the industry. All very different in what they're interested in and how we could help them with their careers.
0: So, was there 14 applicants to start with? Yes, there was this year. And then it goes down into you select a final final six on the shortlist. Final six, yes,
5: which we bring to Wagga to the. Peter Westblade Memorial Merino Shearing, and yeah, that's where we sort out who will be the scholars for 2020.
0: So we can hear the sounds of the shears going in the background. Do you assess the final six on the shortlist of what they're doing in their shed and the, their behaviour in the yards?
4: Yeah, yeah, we do. We uh, it's a combination. We do run a uh, interviewing process of them as well prior to the shearing and then also just the way they interact in the shed and throughout the days leading up to the dinner.
5: I think, Ellie, also we um, look at how we can help them too. If we think that we can give their career a real boost, we earmark those people as opposed to, say, people that may be already on their way or you know aren't quite ready for us to put their career in a better position than they're in now.
0: Ben, you were a past recipient and you're now currently the general manager of Yarrawonga Merino and Pole Stud. How did the scholarship help you out and help your career?
4: Yeah, well, definitely um, I gained a lot of mentors, I suppose. Probably upskill myself through knowing these people and and develop the Merino Stud moving forward. One particular thing would be in terms of our breeding values and, and putting systems in place to utilise them. And then also just being able to... yeah learn new things, learn the ability to be able to think outside the box in terms of whether it be genetics or or business and or management. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. The scholarship is funded purely by industry for industry. If people were interested in looking to be on the committee or be a sponsor, how can they get involved?
4: All they gotta do is just make contact with either Georgie or myself or anyone on the committee we got a website and we're all over the social scene, so um, we're not hard people to get in contact with, believe it or not. <laughs> um, so basically first making contact and we can develop a relationship from there. Moving forward, I'd really like to see a lot more producers within Australia just to get on board. And support
0: this fantastic and, yeah, initiative. Yeah,
4: very yeah. much so, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm here with Brody Carpenter from Tasmania, who's been one of the successful applicants for the 2020 Peter Westblade Scholarship. Brody, congratulations.
6: Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's a great honour.
0: So your time's fairly split between five days a week shearing and then two on the farm, is that right?
6: Yeah, well, it's five, five days a week shearing and seven nights farming, I think. It's more the theory behind it with oh. two days farming.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you've got a lot of spare time by the sound of it what do you want to get out of the scholarship what is how do you feel this opportunity will open doors for you
6: I suppose it's the contacts you're going to receive from it and the skill set that they're going to give you to um, progress in your own enterprise and that's as much as I can take out of it for the 12 months to put myself in a better position in the future
0: is there anything in particular in your enterprise that you would be looking to really learn more about
6: Probably multi-purpose sheep's a big one these days because people aren't just individual wool growers or individual meat growers these days. You know, There's people running composites and merinos on places in Tasmania, which is a pretty common combination, especially around the northern Midlands, so you've got the two to compete with. And if you can get one that does both in the one breed, well, you're semi in front too, aren't you? Let's
0: talk a little bit about your shearing background because you are a bit of a... Gun Shearer. You've been competing for three years now?
6: Yeah, just over three years. Pretty heavily involved in sports shear TAS. And um, in 2018, I won the Australian Novice in Western Australia. So that was probably the biggest highlight of my career so far. But yeah, just getting involved in all the shows and getting around the people that supported us. So,
0: What do you see as major issues that need to be addressed in the shearing industry?
6: Probably the size of sheep. And it's not so much the size of sheep as to in being too big, like they are too big in some places, but it's the facilities you've got to work with with them. So, you know, having shoots and big open catching pens and stuff like that, you know, they sort of need to be narrow and front-field for everyone so the sheep are in the right position and dragging, like no forwards drags and new gear makes a big difference. You know, people using the old overhead gear, it doesn't drive properly and irritates the sheep if it starts pulling their skin, the wool off their skin when you're um, going along because it's obviously not cutting properly, and the teaching, so it's probably pushing the older blokes out that don't learn the new style with shearing.
0: In your opinion, do you feel as though the facilities aren't up to scratch with like your 2020 shearing team?
6: No, nah, definitely not, no. Nah. A lot of people are behind. There is a lot of people that have done a lot for the industry and progressed into the future... <laughs> And um, probably probably a pay increase is a big one, especially for crutching. You know, people have a lot of commitments out of shearing that they make with the wage with shearing. So, you know, young people, they're buying farms and land and stuff, so they've got to shear these amounts a day to make ends meet. And if these bigger sheep, you know, a bloke goes there and busts himself. If it's a pay increase, you know, he can probably slow down a bit in the heavier sheep if they do it with weight or something like that.
0: You know your way around a handpiece and you know a fair bit about shearing. Do you think shearing will be anything that you will look to investigate more of in the Peter Westblade Scholarship or are you are more focused on your own business?
6: Yeah, definitely. Probably with my career, that's, I'm in the best of both worlds. So I'm a grower myself and a harvester, if you'd like to say, really. <laughs> so if I go somewhere, I generally really appreciate the wool that you are shearing you know you're generally interested in the sheep they've got and you're always looking at it and you're buddied up with the blokes you're working with so you want to make the future better for them as well whether you're going to leave the industry or not but yeah i'm in for the long haul so help everyone out
0: uh good on you Brody. and just finally we are down at the peter westblade memorial merino challenge how have you found the past couple days meeting other scholarship applicants and the networking side of things
6: Yeah, it's been great. Great experience for me. But probably the best thing about it, everyone here is on the same page. Like, everyone enjoys the industry. It's a good connection between shearers and the growers here. You know, there's a lot of farmers that have been shearers beforehand here and now they're reeking the rewards of the hard work they put in and they're putting their sheep to the test up against everyone else's.
0: Well, Brody, if I bump into you again, it'll be interesting to have a catch-up with you and see how you're progressing and how it's all worked out. But for now, congratulations again on being the 2020 recipient and thank you for being on the yarn with us
6: thanks very much Yep.
0: two great initiatives there and there are many other fantastic opportunities which awi are proud supporters of including breeding leadership the young wool growers china tour nuffield scholarship national merino challenge young farming champions just to name a few and for more information on any of those you can of course visit the wool.com education and leadership page that's all on the yarn for this week. We love your feedback at theyarnatwool.com and be sure to check out our new Facebook page, Australian Wool Innovation, for regular updates and industry news. We're also on Twitter at Wool Innovation and Instagram at Beyond the Bale. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ellie Bigwood and I look forward to our next yarn.